It's your boy DM3. You're listening to the Buffalo Blitz Podcast, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Blitz Podcast right here on the Built-In Buffalo Network, and I am your host, Peter DiBiase. Guys, welcome to a Friday edition of the Buffalo Blitz Podcast on the Built-In Buffalo Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on YouTube for the second straight week. We're going to be on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I appreciate you guys clicking on this episode, and I appreciate you guys supporting us at the Built-In Buffalo Network on Instagram and Twitter. So guys, make sure you guys follow that because you guys don't want to miss any any content. I know you haven't heard me in over a week. My episodes were usually Tuesday. We had a little change in the schedule. No biggie, no biggie. So from now on, and this is finalized, I'm going to be on every Friday morning for the Buffalo Blitz podcast. So guys, good morning to you on this Friday morning on March 25th is when we'll be recording this. And I just want to start by starting by breaking down the NFL free agency. If you guys didn't hit my last episode with Akeem, who was the co-founder of the Built-In Buffalo Network. We broke down the first day of free agency, but I haven't been back since the first day of free agency when we broke down the Roger Saffold signing the Tim Settle and the Daquan Jones. And oh boy, as you guys know, what a free agency this was for the Buffalo Bills. And we were gonna got we're gonna run down who we brought in first. Obviously, we brought in Roger Saffold. Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, you guys heard me and Akeem's breakdown on that. But the Bills also signed Von Miller. They brought in Jordan Phillips, O.J. Howard, Shaq Lawson, Case Keenum, Matt Barkley, Duke Johnson, and Jamison Crowder. And they tendered Ryan Bates on Thursday. He was offered a sheet, uh, offer sheet by the Chicago Bears. And the Bills, as of Thursday, have five days to match it. So as of Right now, we don't know if the Bills are going to match it. We do not know the contract details. Hope they do match it, but obviously we can't break that down. So maybe next Friday when we come on the Built-In Buffalo Network, we'll be breaking down maybe the potential Ryan Bates. And, guys, draft is coming up. End of April, when the, almost at the end of March now. Draft is coming up. Next couple episodes might be solely focused on the draft because this will be our second free agency episode. So, guys, draft coming up. You guys don't want to miss that. And the draft content on all the podcasts excuse me, platforms, as well as the Instagram and Twitter are going to be popping for the next couple of weeks. You guys don't want to miss that up until April 28th, which is the NFL first round draft. And what we do at 25 is going to be special. But we're starting with Shaq Lawson. Actually, it's not Shaq Lawson. We're going to start with Von Miller. I'm going to work my way down. We're going to break down some of the free agency. I was going to give you my guys' thoughts on the Von Miller contract. Von and the signing. Six years, $120 million. And my first reaction when I heard this contract, I was a little taken back. I knew the Bills needed an edge rusher. And was did I think it was ever going to be Von Miller? No. I thought it was ever going to be Daniel Hunter or Chandler Jones or some of the other guys that were rumored. But as you heard from Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show this past week, the Bills like to be under the radar. And this was a complete, complete under the radar move. Six years, $120 million contract. And look, I get it. You guys might freak out, might freak out, but you guys got to look at the contract details. I get a ton of people on Twitter, a ton of people messaging me, Pete, what do you think of the contract? Six years? Well, it is six years. The Bills technically can have Von Miller for six years. 
Will they have Von Miller for six years? I highly doubt it. He is 32, basically turning 33 in about a month. But if you go to spot track and you look at their contract details, there's an out after three years. So essentially, it is a three-year, $52 million contract. Look, that's a ton of AAV, annual average value, but it's only three years. The Bills can cut them and create and not hurt their cap space or hurt their dead cap and create more cap space as the years go on. You can have them for six years, but the max I think the Bills have them for is four. I bet you after three years, they potentially can open up about $13 million in cap space, but only about five to $6 million in dead cap which is the end of the world. After four years, it gets even better with no dead cap. So at max, I see Von Miller four years. But, but year one Von Miller is going to bring an intensity on the edge that we haven't seen. If you're looking at the depth chart right now on the edge for the Buffalo Bills, you have Von Miller, Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham, A.G. Epinenta, Shaq Lawson, and Mike Love. Gregory Rousseau going into his second year. Boogie Basham second year, A.G. Epinenza third year, and Shaq Lawson is still not the guy we ever thought, even though he's still a solid edge. We don't know what they're going to do with Hughes or Addison. They're not going to bring back both. I'd be shocked if they potentially bring back one, but we will see, and that will eventually be we talk about on the Buffalo Blitz podcast. Guys, I appreciate you guys listening to the Buffalo Blitz podcast right here on the built-in Buffalo Network episode. If you guys missed the beginning of it, episode every Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube, and the guests will keep rolling in as the weeks go on. Von Miller slides right into the number one edge, and on the opposite side, you will have Gregory Rousseau. And then you can rotate in, and we know, and we know, and we know how much Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier love this kind of rotation on the edge. But Von Miller will see a, a ton of snaps, and there's no worries. Was Von Miller get rotated out in a situational plays? No, Von Miller's got paid to be the number one edge rusher, and he will be the number one edge rusher. But on the other side, Gregory Rousseau kind of gives a different look, and then you can work in Lawson, Epinetz, and Basham. So I love the talent and the youngness outside of Von Miller on the edge rusher. And if you're Rousseau, Basham, Epinetz, or Shaq Lawson, who best to learn from from one of the greatest edge rushers ever in Von Miller? Von Miller this past year between two teams had a combined a combined Nine and a half sacks, 20, 21, nine and a half sacks, year before eight, year before 14 and a half. If we have nine and a half sacks from Von Miller this year, that will double what we had last year from our top guy in Mario Addison, who had, I believe, have either four or five, um, which doesn't really matter for this purpose. We'll basically double it. And it will just give us another edge rusher because it's just we need edge rushers. We need to be able to get after the quarterback. We really need to be able to get after the quarterback. Von Miller, I predict him anywhere from 8 to 12 sacks. And if he gets from anywhere from 8 to 12, I will be satisfied. Obviously, we hope for near the 12. But I bet you be more around the 9 to 10. If I had to predict, I got Von Miller getting 10 sacks next year if I had a little quick prediction. But he slots in basically a three-year $52 million contract. It broke the internet. It broke Twitter. It broke Instagram. It broke YouTube. It broke Apple Podcasts. And it broke the built-in Buffalo Twitter chat because we were losing our absolute minds. And that was – I was actually on a golf course on the – I was on my last hole, and I got a FaceTime from one of my friends. And he fa- or my friends FaceTimed one of my friends I was playing with. He was like, Pete, we didn't, you just got Von Miller. Thought he was joking. Told me the six years, $120 million. Kind of took a step back because uh, – after shaking my ball into the to the woods because I'm an average golfer and average would be nice. But as you go into the contract and please read the freaking contract, 
Like, I, I don't want to go on Twitter and read people. Oh, you gave Von Moomer six years. I got texts from people, but like, do your research before you make a statement. I get it. People don't want to click and read stuff anymore. I don't care. Read the dang contract details or just Google the contract details and you'll find out there's an out after three years. And if you hate it, then then I can't change your mind. And that's not my problem because, yeah, I like it. So that's Von Miller going to give you an elite edge rusher off the edge. I wanted to focus a little more on Von Miller because obviously that was the big signing. Guys, Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, I'm going to bridge them into the same people because they're coming back to Buffalo. Jordan Phillips and Von Miller are coming back to Buffalo. Jordan Phillips' contract, one year, $3.75 million, hits 3.5 against the cat. And then we slide over to Shaq Lawson, who we have not released the contract details according to spot track. I don't know the official contract details on Shaq Lawson, but I bet you to be in the same range as two to 4 million. I don't expect more than four, but Jordan Phillips come back on a one year, $3.7 million deal last year in Arizona. He played in nine games. He played in nine games, both his years in Arizona. And that's why they eventually released him this best past year, nine games, three sacks, 22, Uh, total tackles the year before only 11 total tackles and two sacks but we know back in 2019 he had his best year under Frazier and McDermott he played in 16 games in 2019 he had started nine of them had nine and a half sacks and 31 combo tackles which is combined tackles which is 31 total tackles if we can get half of Jordan Phillips is nine and a half sacks. If we can get from anywhere from three to five sacks into Jordan Phillips, I will be satisfied with that. I really will because we're not bringing him to get sacks. We're bringing him to clog up the middle. You brought in Daquan Jones, you brought in Tim Settle, and you brought in Jordan Phillips. So why not do that? Why not do that? And I know we're breaking down a lot of free agencies. So guys, bear with me. I know we talked about Daquan Jones, Tim Settle, Roger Saffold last week on the last week's episode. If you guys want to check that out, did pretty well on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. So that would be awesome. But Von Miller brings a dog mentality on the edge. Jordan Phillips brings a dog mentality on the outside. I mean, excuse me, on the inside. And he's just going to clog up the lane. Now looking at our D tackles, we have Brandon Bryant and a Eli and Aku, they're kind of rotational practice squad kind of guys that won't be active on game day. Then you have Ed Oliver, but then you have Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips. Man, oh, man, those guys are beefy. We got some big boys up front, and Jordan Phillips slides in with Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. So don't expect nine and a half to ten stacks out of Jordan Phillips because he's not, he's going to be the fourth D tackle. He's the fourth D tackle on this team. Um or honestly, it doesn't matter. But don't expect nine and a half sacks, but expect four to f- three to five sacks and a guy that's going to improve our rush defense. We know, guys, our rush defense was super inconsistent this past year, and we do not want another year of inconsistent rush defense. So Jordan Phillips slides right in, and he gives us a guy that will can get out to the quarterback but can also stop the run and joins the likes of Ed Oliver, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and then you throw in Jordan Phillips. I love that D-tackle unit, and I'm super satisfied with it. And I'm super excited to see those big boys up front. A lot of 300-pound men just stopping the run, and I think this would make Matt Milano and make Tremaine Edmonds much, much better players. Shaq Lawson. I'm lumping Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson to the same position. Uh, not same position, same uh, little conversation because of the fact 
that they came back to Buffalo. Shaq Lawson, this past year with the Jets, played in 14 games, had one sack, 23 tackles. But the year after Buffalo, he had four, played 14 games, four sacks, 32 combined tackles. But his best year was in 2019 with the Bills, six and a half sacks. If we can get, because I don't think we get the one sack Shaq Lawson, because that was with the Jets, and I just don't like the Jets scheme. Because in Buffalo, he got a, averaged around um, four sacks. That was his average in Buffalo, if you do the math. It's 16 and a half sacks, around four sacks. But he's not going to be asked to, I guess, do that in Buffalo. He was asked his early on because he was a first-round pick to be the number one guy. He just wasn't that, and that's just drafting him too high. You can blame Rex Ryan for that. Von Miller, Gregory Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Bennett are the four edges. Shaq Lawson's going to be that fifth edge. But Shaq Lawson's a much, best, much better run stopper than people thought and gave him credit for. Will he have elite sack numbers like we thought when we drafted him? His first year only had two, but then four, four, six and a half. His best year was under Buffalo in 2019 with six and a half sacks. If we can get anywhere from four to six sacks, this defense got better on the edge. And I think this defense got better on the edge. You added Von Miller, Shaq Lawson, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and Jordan Phillips, five new faces on the D-line. And I love that. We don't know the contract details. We know Jordan Phillips only a $3 million contract. I love that contract. Um, we don't know Shaq Lawson's contract, but I bet it's anywhere from two to four million. Love the Shaq Lawson signing just because he gives you the fifth D and not because I think he's going to be great or anywhere near, but anywhere from three to five sacks for Shaq Lawson in about 10 to 12 games as that fifth edge rusher would be perfect. Not a flashy signing, nothing to like lose your mind. And I put my grades and I'll tell you guys my grades at the end of the episode for the Bills free agency. And I put this tweet out. I'm going to go back to the tweet eventually. I put this tweet out a little before some of the signings before the Jamison Crowder, before the Shaq Lawson, um, before who else? Duke Johnson, Case Keenum. Um, because I just like the signings. I gave Von Miller an A minus. I gave Daquan Jones a B. Tim Settle a B plus. Roger Saffold a B plus. OJ Howard a B minus. And then Jordan Phillips a B plus. Speaking on OJ Howard, a nice little segue. I gave him a B minus. OJ Howard is coming into Buffalo to be that second tight end. This past year in Tampa Bay, played in 17 games, only started nine games because of Gronk and eventually Cameron Bray, 135 yards. He never peaked. He never peaked in Tampa Bay. His best year, his best two years were his first two years out of his five years in Tampa Bay. 432 yards his first year with six touchdowns, and then 565 yards his second year with five touchdowns. If we can get that production out of OJ Howard, why not? We didn't have that production out of a second tight end last year. Who was our second tight end? Tommy Sweeney? We didn't have that production. He's only 27. Why not bring in OJ Howard to be that second tight end? And look, he will line up, and people are like, well, is he just going to play backup to Dawson Knox when Dawson Knox is out? No, 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 no. He'll line up in formations with Davis, with Diggs, and then you can put a two tight end set. We didn't see the Bills run a lot of two tight end sets last year, and I bet Ken Dorsey implements the two tight end set. I'm not saying that Brian Dable couldn't have implemented the two tight end set because he didn't want to. We didn't have the talent with a second tight end because it was Tommy Sweeney, and it was just not where we really wanted it 
in the sense of the two tight end set, and there's no need to run it out. Tommy Sweeney was a fine backup, and he's still on the team. It's Dawson Knox, O.J. Howard, Tommy Sweeney, and Quentin Morris are the two tight end or the four tight ends. O.J. Howard slides into the number two tight end. His contract wasn't anything special. One year, three point five million, a three point five million dollar cap hit for the Bills. Don't mind that contract. A one year prove it deal to be that guy on the inside and the outside. He gives a dynamic threat. And imagine defenses trying to guard Diggs, Davis, Jamison Crowder, who I will get to in a second, O.J. Howard, Dawson Knox, and then eventually Isaiah McKenzie. And maybe we draft a guy and we'll get into that and who we think we should draft or not. But that's what I love O.J. Howard because he gives you a dynamic option. Nothing special about it. I gave it a B minus. Yeah, I gave it a B minus grade. Nothing to lose your mind about it because he's a second tight end. But he's a second tight end that is 6'6", 250, and never peaked at Tampa Bay. Maybe the Bills get it in. But even if he only gets you 400 to 500 yards, 300 to 500 yards and like four or five touchdowns, then it was such a worth it signing. He gives the Bills another red zone option, 6'6", 250. Now you have Knox, Davis, and O.J. Howard has three really good red zone options. Why not bring in O.J. Howard? Perfect. I just talked about Jamison Crowder. We're going to segue to Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder this past year, he's played seven years in the NFL, four years with the Washington former Redskins, now Commanders, and three years with the Jets. This past year, in an injury-riddled year, 12 games, he had 447 yards and two touchdowns. But the two previous years, he had 833 yards in 2019 with six touchdowns and 700 yards with six touchdowns in 2020. And why I like this Jamison Crowder signing. And Jamison Crowder's contract comes in at a one-year, $2 million contract with a cap hit of $1.9 million according to spot track. Why I like this contract so much is because he's very similar to Cole Beasley, but he's younger and he gives you a better yard after catch. Imagine now, guys, in our slot, we have Jamison Crowder, and we have Isaiah McKenzie. Isaiah McKenzie, that dynamic, and we talked about him um, in the first episode of the Buffalo Blitz podcast right here built in Buffalo Network. You guys can check us out on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify for all podcasts and episode, not just for the Buffalo Blitz, but every single one, every single day. But back to Jamison Crowder. He gives you that dynamic, dynamic, Option, yard after catch. He can get open. He's 5'9", 177. He's at 28, but his yards after catch is perfect, and I think I love that. And I think we never – we kind of missed that last year. Diggs, not a great yard after the catch. Neither is Davis. Isaiah McKenzie is great, but we didn't have that with Cole Beasley. But Jameson Crowder is going to give you exactly that, and I think that is something we need. I think that's perfect. PFF over the last few seasons have – Gave him a 75.6, which is a very good deal for your third slash fourth receiver because Isaiah McKenzie didn't potentially draft a receiver. So I love, love, love this idea for the Bills. And I'm super stoked that they decided to bring in Jameson Crowder. This is probably one of my favorite signings of the offseason because I think it gives you not only a guy that replaces Beasley because McKenzie didn't directly replace Beasley. McKenzie is a different, I guess, animal than Beasley, but he does a different different skill, excuse me, different skill set than Cole Beasley. But Jamison Crowder gives you the same skill set in sense of getting open and being that go-to guy when obviously Josh Allen needs a guy because obviously Diggs, Davis, Knox are gonna 
draw a lot of attention from the opposing team's corners. But Jameson Crowder will give you more dynamic ability after the catch, like McKenzie. But Crowder's a better receiver than McKenzie. So Crowder's an upgrade, a slight, slight upgrade to BZ because I think BZ might be a little better at getting open and creating separation just because BZ was always open. But if you watch Beasley, you know he wasn't a great yards out of the catch. And I already did an episode about it. I said thank you to Cole Beasley because I knew it was the end of Cole Beasley. And I appreciated Cole Beasley. But he gives you more of a, a kind of a yards after catch. Two final guys I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Matt Barkley. I know we, we love Matt Barkley coming back to Buffalo. And I think that was a great third option for quarterback. Cool. I loved it. Whatever. Duke Johnson, Case Keenum. Duke Johnson this past year had in five games had 333 330 yards on the ground in Miami. He only played five games and he had receiving wise 41 yards on four catches. But in his career he has 2870 receiving yards, averages around 400 to 500 receiving yards. We guys know what happened with the JD McKissick signing and how that fell through. This was the two part two. This was McKissick was playing A, Duke Johnson was playing B. And why I think Duke Johnson was a good signing, and obviously didn't cost you that much, it was a one-year, $1.2 million contract, and only has a, a hit, uh, cap it a little under $1.1 million to the Bills, is because he gives you something else than Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Zach Moss is the third running back. And Devin Singletary, I think, in the second half, or maybe the, the, the last quarter of the season, establish himself as that one running back that the Bills want and that the Bills are going to use. So Devin Singletary is coming in as the running back, and I'm happy with that. But we needed a more dynamic option out of the backfield, and that was Duke Johnson. He's a career, not a great rusher, but we're not going to ask him because we have Singletary and we have Moss to do that. Our running backs are listening. Singletary, Moss, and Duke Johnson, those are our three running backs. We're probably bringing another camp body or we potentially could draft a guy in the third or fifth round. I did a mock draft I put on Twitter. Had us taking Kyron Williams in the fourth round out of Notre Dame at pick 130 after taking the guard corner and wide receiver. And obviously we'll break down the draft in the next couple of weeks. But Duke Johnson gives you that option at receiving. And I just think the Bills needed that option. So guys, imagine this Bills offense right now. And I'm looking at our depth chart. Quarterback Josh Allen. Running back, Singletary, Moss, and Johnson. Singletary gives you that power running back and that runner that we love. Moss is that goal line back, red zone back. And then Duke Johnson is that dynamic back that can catch passes out of the backfield, which Josh Allen hasn't really had in his career. And I think that's going to be awesome. Receivers, Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, and Crowder, the four main receivers potentially drafting the other guy. How do you stop that offense? Oh, wait, wait. And then we throw in Dawson Knox, no Howard. And then you catch that. And do we have a bum at Cooper? No, we got Josh Allen who's a top three quarterback, and Josh Allen just absolutely freaking slings that ball. And I love Josh Allen. And I think this offense is super dynamic. Duke Johnson, I think that cherry on top, because we never had that. I would have preferred J.D. McKissick, but if he doesn't want to be here, then we don't want him. And I think Duke Johnson gives you that dynamic, dynamic guy out of the backfield that's not going to be asked to carry the load, which he's been asked to do in the past, and this is not who he is, at a little under a million, $1.1 million cap hit from one year. Why not bring him in and give you a dynamic receiving back? And then eventually, the Bills can, if they want to draft a guy in the fourth to fifth round, groom for a year, or get rid of Moss and ship Moss out, and let this guy be the third back this year, and then eventually groom him into that second back after you let Johnson go after a year? Why not? Why not? Final thing I want to talk about this, and guys, I appreciate you guys 
coming on and listening to this Friday edition. And it's going to be a Friday edition, Friday morning. Every morning, you guys get a new, every Friday morning, you get a new episode of the Buffalo Blitz podcast on the built-in Buffalo Network, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and YouTube. So you guys don't want to miss any of those episodes. Every Friday morning, a new time and date for the Buffalo Blitz podcast. And we're going to be dropping episodes every week. Case Keenum coming in. He's going to be the backup. The Bills traded a seventh-round pick in this year's draft for Case Keenum. People didn't love his contract, and I get it, and I get it, and we still don't know the full, full details of his contract, but the Bills we kind of restructured it so the cap hit's not as bad because it was about to be like a $6 million cap hit. The reason I like Case Keenum, it was a seventh-round pick. We needed a veteran backup after we watched Mitchell Trubisky, which we expected. We brought back Matt Barkley, but he's basically the Davis Webb replacement. We needed the Mitchell Trubisky replacement. Not as good, but a guy that we saw this year in Cleveland, we saw in Minnesota, we've seen over the years, can win games when we need to. If Josh Allen's out for the year and knock on freaking wood that he's not, then we're not going to win games. But that's most teams that are going to lose. That's every single team that's going to lose their starting quarterback is not going to win enough games to make the playoffs or win a Super Bowl or, or get to where they need to be or where they want to be without their starting quarterback for the whole year. So it doesn't really matter. But God forbid Allen turns an ankle, concussion, whatever, misses a game or two, and we have such a loaded roster and such a loaded def- defense, Case Keenum can come in and solidify the backup role. Veteran guy, he's been to the game, NFC Championship Bowl before with Minnesota. He knows what it takes to win games. He's great friends with Stefan Diggs. I absolutely love this to be our veteran backup. Guys, I appreciate you guys checking in and clicking on this episode. We broke down the Von Miller, Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, OJ Howard, Jamison Crowder, Duke Johnson, and the Case Keenum signing on this Friday morning. And if you guys are driving to work, you're taking your lunch break, or you're just driving home from work, make sure you guys always check out the Built-in Buffalo Network. And Friday morning, why not? Long week. Unwind with some Peter DiBiase and some Buffalo Blitz podcast. And why not? You guys can check us out on YouTube. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts. And you can check us out on um, Spotify. This was the Buffalo Blitz podcast. And this was the free agency breakdown and overview Guys, until next time, have a great, great weekend. I'll see you guys next Friday morning for another edition of the Buffalo Butts Podcast. But until next time, I am Peter DiBiase, and go Bills.